Hi, good evening, and welcome to the very first broadcast of uh, Spirit Quest and the journey of life. So, I'm your host, Paul Francis. I'm going to be with you now every Thursday night for this forthcoming future, and there may be a new show joining us a bit later on as well. Reach across. So we're going to be here live from 6 p.m. Eastern time and 11 p.m. UK time. So yes, it's late where I come from, but I love what I do. So I am a slave to the journey. Tonight and every night we will have different uh, topics to be talking about. I will be looking forward to bringing on uh, professionals and uh, specialists in their field to talk about that specific subject. As this is the very first one, it's a really get to know you, you get to know me, and we'll chat with each other and see how things roll out. Tonight I kind of wanted to leave it really sort of in the whole Christmas vibe, okay? Um, I was doing some research about the Christmas vibe and the Christmas spirit or the spirit of Christmas, and I find some amazing things which I'd love to share with you guys. But I also want to hear from you as well. So talk to me. Tell me all about what your thoughts are about this particular time of the year. Does I'm not really interested in the religious aspects of it, just your personal vibe. If that has a backup of a religious aspect, then fine. You know, there's, there's no sort of saying, oh, you must l listen this way. You must think that way blah 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 we're all open to the journey we're all the, the journey of life we're all open to that journey we're all we want to learn from each other but at the same time we're all teachers okay as the great robin williams said in the patch adams movie every doctor is a patient and every patient is a doctor same thing so like i said i'm your host paul francis i have been a professional psychic medium for 30 years i'm obviously irish and i come from a very very deep religious background with some amazing people in my family and tonight i want to sort of kind of reach back into my depths and share what the energy about christmas was for me but equally for you as well. Um, what is it about this time of the year that gets you changed? What was it that sort of makes you drop your inhibitions? What what brings the child back up in you? And let me tell you, that energy as a child is phenomenal. It's probably the strongest energy you will have apart from ever bringing your own child into the world. You have an amazing concept there that allows you to tap back into energy that you created at your childhood still available it's kind of like on your own personal psychic shelf and i'll teach you how to tap into that anytime you need it um what we'll talk about over coming years or coming weeks and months ahead is different topics so those topics may be things like energy look we're talking about tonight um only more sort of psychic energies and energies that affect the chakras the energies around you energies within your home your workspace even things like your cars and how to deal with that particular energy what it is you're actually working with what it is that's affecting you. Are you aware that you affect the world in a physical and a metaphysical way as it affects you? Uh, we'll deal thing, with things like one of the big questions I get asked on a regular basis about protection. And when people say to me, oh, hey, Paul, listen, how, how do you deal with protection? And I say, well, protection against what? So that, and that's a genuine question. It's not me, me being facetious. It's me being protection against what? What is it you want to be protected against? Um, and then we sort of go into the nitty gritty and I will weed out the old wives' tales and sort of start saying, right, okay, now that we've 
eliminated what you think it is. You're left with what it might be, and then we'll deal with that. Uh, Self-development, that will kind of lead on. So, um, I mean, I'm touching three basic topics that I get asked about uh, on a regular basis. I call it personal development. Um, some other psychic mediums will call it psychic development or mediumship development. I call it personal development. Because as you develop personally, so you develop psychically. And when you develop psychically, so you develop personally. Bang in, back into personal development. We'll go through subjects like, like of that, and then I will bring in teachers of specific fields in that, and we can question them, talk to them, and draw out the knowledge that we want to adopt for ourselves. Um, I knew, for example, I had the best teacher when she said to me, Paul, I will teach you everything I know. However, not everything I know will sit with you. So I was like, well, what do you mean I'm going to get it wrong? She said, no, 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 no. What suits me may not suit you because you are a different different psychic, a different medium. And I knew right there and then that I had the right teacher. And I will do the same thing. And then we'll get other people in who will share their knowledge with us. And we will then take out little bits that suit us individually because there is no one way to teach people how to personally develop. Okay, so like onwards and upwards, I'm waiting for everybody to come and join us on the show tonight. So obviously all the links are right there and everybody is connected in. So you can click on those particular links, come on into the chat room and chat away with me. And right over here, I've got sort of information that I was doing some research on today. And I'm going to share some of that with you. Some stuff that I found out today um, that I was never, ever aware of, you know, and that about Christmas. And again, while I was working in that particular area of business, the, the child in me was coming up that, oh my goodness, you know, how many sleeps to Christmas. And I'm sure when you're watching me tonight or when you watch me uh, over the next coming uh, hours and days, you'll know what I mean. That, that buzz that we get as we were children, we couldn't sleep, you know, that, oh my goodness, I can't sleep. How am I supposed to sleep tonight? Santa's not going to come if I'm not asleep. And that whole worry of that concept, but it was all based on fun. So, the whole idea about that is it's the, the thought that creates the energy. That energy then becomes the spirit, the spirit of Christmas. Okay. So when I say to people, you know, and I was sort of doing a little bit of tests, I was going like, okay, when I say spirit of Christmas, what does that mean to you? And they were thinking, oh, you know, when we get the family together and we buy gifts and we share gifts and we sit down to that beautiful Christmas meal or the meal before Christmas on Christmas Eve and I was going okay okay I wasn't judging I was just trying to figure out what it is that clicks for that particular person what clicks for that person okay not because oh this is the Christmas spirit and this is how you're supposed to deal with it mm -uh, not at all it was about what brings out the best in us what is it what which part of that element of that this beautiful season that brings out the best in us now for an example, uh, I'm not a particular sort of, I don't lean in any particular way in religion, okay? I was brought up a Catholic. I, I, I kind of call myself now a recovering Catholic. Um, but because of what I did and how I sort of progressed in my own personal development, I really delved into different areas like Zen Buddhism and, and sort of areas of that nature. And again, I just pulled out pieces of that and thought, 
if this helps me be the best person I am, and then that energy will help other people. But within that, I was able to pick up and learn new stuff. That's stuff I'm, I'll now share with others. For an example, my wife, she's Wiccan, okay? Now, way, way, way back when I was young, I was told that those were evil people, you know, because they, they don't follow the doctrine of the church, and they're evil, and they're not. <laughs> completely not and what i was able to find out in my journey in researching for tonight's show was oh my god how much has paganism and wiccan actually really affected uh christmas as we know it for an example the christmas tree i've done some research on that and i'm going to share that with you in a little while as well i mean everybody will have the christmas tree be it a real one be it an artificial one doesn't matter it's the energy that particular tree brings into your home isn't it aha there's the root of that wiccan Okay, it's the energy and why it was used. There's a couple of um, little scenarios that say um, where the Christmas tree came about. And I, I picked up on that and I was looking at it and a part of me was going, mm -mm, I, I can't, I can't grasp that. Okay. Now the saying goes is that um, Father Christmas, uh, Chris Kringle, St. Nicholas was, um, he was in, in the mountains and in the, in the hills and the nordic uh, or the viking they were doing a uh they were they were working doing something around a particular tree which we now know as the evergreen or the christmas tree and they were worshiping one of the gods thor and of course in comes chris kringle going what are you doing and and he was well we're worshiping thor well you shouldn't be worshiping thor and he took an axe to the tree and of course this set everybody off in different directions shouting and screaming and when they realized that he wasn't going to be struck down by lightning from the god of thor because he cut down a tree they were starting to listen to him about what he had to talk about and the tree was then taken back in as a symbol of tranquility uh beginning peace can i do i bite into that apple mm, all honesty i, I mm, it doesn't it doesn't sit on my shelf too well. I'm not for one second saying that's right, wrong, or different. That's for every one of us to believe and take it on. And it's a beautiful story. It's a great story. It's a great link into the Christmas tree. And I was like, okay, do you know what? I'm going to share that anyway because it is a lovely story. It, it's got a wonderful con you know, connection between Christianity and let's say, you know, the paganism uh, where they were worshipping Thor and so on and so forth. Um, and that is the beginnings of the Christmas tree. Now, the Christmas tree came around in, in 203 or 208 AD. Think about that for a second. AD, 203. So it's well before any Christianity came into play. So pagans and Wiccans were already working with particular symbols before Christianity adopted it for itself. Now, why don't we learn from that part of things? We adopt. We don't shun and put down. We adopt. Why don't we learn from each other instead of knocking each other back? Um, the legend of Santa Claus, Chris Kringle, is steeped in legend. And it's, oh, oh my goodness. And it's one of the beautiful legends that literally covers the entire world. Okay. The majority of us know him as Santa. Uh, which is the jolly character, but dressed in red and brings gifts to children at Christmas time. Now, the original Chris Kringle wasn't dressed in red. He was dressed in green. 
okay? In fact, the original Kris Kringle was a monk, okay? So he would have been wearing monk's habits and dark browns and dark greens. So that was the original. It was the wonderful people at Coca-Cola that dressed him in red. And we now know that Santa Claus... This, the, the character we see as Santa Claus is is red, and that's where that came from. Um, his his memory or the, the memory of Chris Kringle stretches all the way back to the third century century. Beg your pardon. And he worked, walked the earth and became the patron saint of children. Now, how that happened was it is said that Chris Kringle was fairly wealthy, but he shunned his wealth and gave it away. Now, where he became the patron saint of children was. That he came across now. Chris Kringle actually comes from Turkey. Okay, that's where the the legend of Santa Claus actually began, way back in Turkey. And the it is said that he came across a man who was going to sell his three children into slavery, and instead of allowing him to sell the children into slavery, he saved the three girls by giving them a dowry, which then allowed them to be to get married. Okay, and that was the beginning of the legend of Kris Kringle, which we now know as Santa Claus. Okay, so that's where he then started walking the earth and providing gifts and help to primarily children, where he then became obviously the um, patron saint of children. Um, there's, there's, I mean, there's a some such a vast knowledge behind the, the whole spirit of Chris Kringle that it would take five, six, seven shows just to, to tap into that. But the only reason I wanted to do the whole spirit of Christmas, the Christmas spirit, is because the whole of this show is about the journey of life. And this is the time of year that this spirit affects us most. Okay, It's a time of year when we start to drop our inhibitions. We start to, to bring some of those barriers down a little bit and we start to maybe maybe trust a little bit more maybe we just decide that do you know what maybe the world isn't as bad as we're leading it on to believe and we start looking inward a bit more starting looking at ourselves starting looking at our family we spend more time with friends and family we spend more time with our extended family big question why do we only do that once a year or why do we wait to things like weddings, birthdays, or funerals? Why do we wait to specific dates to do that? You ever ask yourself that question? Why do we do that? That just, to me, hmm, we need to really consider that. Another big question is, why do we wait till the 25th of December to give somebody a gift? Actually, that's not something we practice in our home. We practice giving each other gifts all year through. Okay, we don't wait till birthdays, anniversaries, or Christmas. We actually practice it all year through. Now, I was having a wee chat with the beautiful Michelle. I, I, I'm almost going to get her surname wrong. Um, uh, Desroche, Desroche, yeah, Desroche. That's it. And I was thinking about the sweets, and that's how I remember it. And we were talking about that there's a big myth that Halloween is the time of year when the veil between the two worlds is at its thinnest. I don't agree with that. I'm not saying they're wrong. I don't I don't agree with it because the whole concept of energy is what allows that veil to be penetrated. Me as a medium, 
when I'm working as a psychic medium, when I'm working with on the medium side of what I do, I have to raise my vibration, raise my energy up as hard as I can, right up. Okay. And then so then the, the people in spirit, they lower theirs and it's in between there. So it kind of comes like that. And it's there what the data crosses over. Uniquely enough, we're in such a mindset at this time of year that that veil goes like that, okay, without really that much much work. It's more of a focus of balancing the frequencies and the energies that that I have to do at this time of the year. That being said, when I move closer to Christmas, I actually shut down because as this time of the year, I devote my entire time and myself to my family and nothing else. However, I find it that this time of the year, the Christmas spirit is at its highest. Why do you think that all of the stories and all of the movies at Christmas time tend to be about spirit? Take, for an example, Scrooge. What is the whole three principles of Scrooge? The ghost of Christmas past, the ghost of Christmas spirit or present, and the ghost of Christmas future, the, the, uh, the, the time yet to come. The ghost. Hello, spirit. I mean, there is a um, difference between spirits and ghosts, but that's for another show. We'll get into that later on. Um, now, going back to, for an example, the spirit of Santa Claus. Now, he was, uh, it, it, I'm just looking at my notes. He came, he basically tracked all the way back to AD 280 in Patanara, which is um, near Myra on the modern-day Turkey. And as I was saying, he basically went around and became the um, the sort of the patron saint of children. Now, for an example, we I only find out today that Chris Kringle's anniversary is actually the sixth of December, the sixth of December, and it's actually considered a lucky day. Uh, it's a lucky day to to make large purchases or even get married, and it's a lucky day because of Chris Kringle. And I was thinking when I was reading the information, it wasn't a very lucky day for him. That's the day he died. But that's my comedic value. That's where I, <laughs> where it comes up in me. You know, people call me the comedian, okay? And uh, it's that <laughs> that area. And I was thinking, oh, I wasn't lucky day for him. But do you know what? I take that back because all of the energies that I've spoken to through my 30 years of being a um, psychic medium, they're all happy. So, yes, it probably was a good day for him. Um, in later years, then, the obviously, the stories moved all through Europe because was, was Chris, Chris Kringle was very big in Europe. Then it penetrated across the pond into the United States, specifically New York. Boom. Chris Kringle hits the United States in New York. And that's real all the way back to around about the 80, the sort of mid to late 1800s. Okay. Around 1890, it became very, very attached and sort of the, the media got, got involved and he started being used as um, marketing and that's where the marketing of Santa Claus became. And he started appearing in newspapers on banners and posters and and various stores, things of that nature. And it was around that time that some of the big stores then started to actually use a person where kids could get a, a wee glimpse of the, a real Santa Claus. So that's where this all becomes, right back in the 1800s. And the biggest advocate, would you believe, of Santa Claus and the energy and spirit of Santa 
was the Salvation Army. Yes, indeed. The Salvation Army, right through to today, still uses um, Santa Claus as a motivation to help people to, to give money so that they can then look after people who are in need. So you'll see the Santa Claus standing on corners, shaking the bell with the buckets and everybody puts their coins and whatever else into it. And it's at that time where the Salvation Army actually um, then gather all that money together and they feed and clothe and house those in desperate needs. So Michelle's just said, uh, Salvation Army, wow, I love it. That's true. That's a true fact. And um, all of the work that I did today was bringing up stuff like that. Um, Santa Claus is seen in different guises all over the world. Santa Claus. You get what I mean? But the weird thing about it that I found was all of the names that came up for Santa Claus, St. Nicholas, were all very, very, very similar. Okay, there was a very, you could easily look at the name and the word and say, oh, that must be Santa Claus. It was so cool. Once again, that link, okay, that joins the world. <laughs> Why? Why are we doing all this? We have the technology today that no one person on the planet can't be linked to everybody else. Okay, yet it took a myth to actually create it. What about that? What about that question? It took something like a man who shunned wealth, put on the robe of a monk to help children before the rest of us took note and thought, maybe how can I help somebody else? And why do we wait to December to go and help somebody else? My daughter said to me, Dad, we were walking through uh, the city where, by where, where I live in Cornwall in the UK. And there was a gentleman on the ground and he had his dog beside him and he, he had his hand out. And my daughter said, Dad, shall we give that man some money? And I said, no, we won't. She looked at me as if, as if I kind of cursed at her. And I said, no, baby. I said, what do you think is the best thing we could do for that chap? And she said, well, give him money. I said, no, best thing we could do for that chap is give him warm drinks and food. She didn't. She then sat back and thought. She goes, "Oh, that's a gift too, isn't it?" I said, "Yeah, that's a gift too." And then maybe send him to a place where he can have a a warm, safe bed for the night. You know, like a shelter. And look it up on our phones. Try and find a local shelter and say, "Hey, listen, if you haven't got a bed for the night, why don't you go here and give him a nice hot cup of you know, hot chocolate, a nice sandwich, something like that." And that flipped her mind around. And do you know what? That, for me, was the best gift. Seeing her looking at a concept from a different point of view. Now, the reason why I bring that little story up is because the whole concept of that energy changed in that moment. The whole concept of her thought process and her outlook towards people changed. The whole energy changed between us. And, you know, what? it went from that to that. And she said, right, okay, let's see what we can get. Let's go around to the store and see what we can get off these people and bring them out and give them and go, do you know what? Here, here, get some decent food in your stomach. Get some hot drinks in you. Fight against the cold and let's get you a bed. And if you can get a bed for that for tonight, that might then become the habit. You might want to sleep in a nice bed. You might want to get up in the morning and go and feed yourself. And that might be the habit or the gift 
that is truly of Christmas. Um, now, I have one of my dearest friends, Amelia Pisano, is um, hopefully going to come on in a little while. Now, Amelia has got a very strong Italian background, and it was in the Italian background that I found the very first connection to um, a female that was connected into the concept of, of Christmas. And it was a lady in Italy. Now, here's the funny bit. Um, I was, when I was doing the research, I was reading it, and I was thinking of Amelia. And I was thinking, laughing, thinking, when I tell her this information, she'll either shout at me <laughs> um, because it immediately made me think of her. But it was La Bifana, that is B-E-F-A-N-A, -A, and La, L-A, before that, La Bifana. Now, La Bifana was said to have been a kind witch, yes, a witch, who rode about on her broom over the tops of houses and went down the chimneys to give children gifts. Good children, of course. So Lapifana was a good witch. Once again, we click back into the concept of Wiccan getting involved here. And when I was doing the research, my wife said to me, are you telling everybody the truth? I said, well, what's the truth, my darling? She goes that the, the Christians took a lot of concepts from Wiccan. I said, oh, you can be assured of that. Um, I very often take the mickey out of my wife and I say to her, time won't sleep. But um, that's just an inner joke between us, which I'm sure she can hear in the background. Now, the pagan beliefs and the Christmas tree all come from a specific time of year, okay? And it's a time of year called the winter solstice. Now, it's also, there's no, I'm going to say another word here for you guys, okay? And this word you're going to understand immediately. When I say the word Yule, okay, what do you get? When you guys think back and think, I know, I know, I know that. I know you think the word Yule as in a big chocolate cake. <laughs> okay. A lovely big chocolate cake um, in the shape of a log and becomes the Christmas Yule log. Well, actually, Yule is a time of year for Wiccans and they celebrate Yule. Now, if you want to, uh, you know, where you would say to most people, oh, happy holidays and have a happy and merry Christmas, to a Wiccans, all you got to say is, I want to make sure I get this right. So um, have a happy Yule and a bright solstice. I mean, just those words alone feel magical, don't they? Have a happy Yule and a bright solstice. And that wouldn't bend any religion anywhere. It's a great concept, isn't it? And pagans say that this time of the year is the time of the year when the light and the darkness are in perfect sync and perfect balance. And it's a great time of the year for people of the pagan and of the Wiccan persuasion. You're also down, there's a, the um, Hanukkah, a Kawaza, and it's the month, it, that means the month filled of good tidings. Beautiful, isn't it? So what I want to get from you guys is what is your concept on the Christmas spirit? What does it mean to you guys? Um, so, um, let's look down into the chat rooms. I've got a few people chatting away over there, which is nice to see. Um, I've got Joe, I've got Michelle, lovely, lovely to see you guys in there. Uh, Canada's most haunted, which is, is Michelle. So what is it with you guys that is the, is the most, what does it mean? What does Christmas actually mean? 
um, to, to you? What is the energy? What does it promote within you and your families? What does it do for you that you wouldn't say, for an example, maybe tap into on another time of the year? So I'm interested in all of that. Um, and in a wee while, we'll talk about what I've picked up with my work over the last 30 years with those who have crossed over, because a lot of people will say, this is the hardest time of any time of the year to lose a loved one. Really? Or is it just because you're going to miss Christmas because Christmas will be affected by the loss of that person? Um, now, I put it out that way, not because I'm being controversial, but because I lost my father in the middle of the year. I lost my father actually on Good Friday, not this year, um, two years back. And um, so I spent literally Easter um, as he'd crossed. I spent Easter at his funeral in Ireland, a funeral when a person crosses, it's only three days and then we lay them to rest. And in all of that and all of the, the concept of dealing with his cross, crossing, sorry, um, I kind of was in a melting pot of emotions and he made, he was very, my, my dad was like me, no patience. And he was really, really quick at getting back to me, coming through because he, he was bringing me signs left and right constantly and signs that were that blew my mind. I mean, boom, gone. But it was Christmas that it hit me that he crew, that he had crossed. It was Christmas time. He literally, I, I, I actually went down again, boom, straight down flat. And I was trying to figure out why it didn't knock me on my butt back in Easter when we lost him. And it hit me in at Christmas time. I remember it vividly. I remember walking into a store and seeing this beautiful big sort of like cardigan kind of coat kind of a thing. And I thought, oh, wow, that'll be perfect for dad. And I picked it up. And as I picked it up, I went, he's not here anymore. And I put it back down again. And it was just this a steady decline from that moment on to say that he's not with me. He's not here. I'm not going to be able to go and get a special card. I'm not going to be able to get a gift. I'm not going to be able to give a, make a, a special call to him on Christmas morning or Christmas Eve or both. And I went steadily downward. And I couldn't figure out why that was the case. Why didn't that happen back at Easter? What is it to do with this time of the year that can take a negative energy and fire it through the roof, but equally a positive energy and fire that through the roof too? What is it about this time of the year that does that? Okay. What is it about this time of the year that we tap into emotions, that we tap into the whole spiritual side of who we are? Why do we wait till December to do that? Okay, and then there's obviously that little bit between uh, Christmas and New Year's. That's that's a unique time of year as well. And then, of course, there's the New Year. We're going to talk about a little bit about um, New Year and how really I'm going to teach you something about how to clear 2022 from your system so that you're open and ready to take on 2023 and make it a great year. I'll teach you how to do that. One of the things that I also picked up in my time as working as a spiritual medium is that they, the people that we've lost, the people that have crossed over, 
they do not like to be think of thought of sorry as gone they don't like to be discussed about as in we don't have them anymore because they're around you and the amount of uh, particular when i'm doing readings for an example and i bring through information that relates to stuff that had happened that day the day before the day before that okay or something that has been planned in their coming future could only mean that those people who are talking to me from the other side of life are connected with us um, every single day. Now, in that, on numerous occasions, I've done thousands and thousands of readings over my time. And on numerous occasions during those particular readings, I was told, tell them to set the table. Okay, so when you were sitting down and you would have set it, for example, in my case, I would have set a place for my mom and dad. They said, do it, set the place for mom and dad and don't talk about them as not being around. Okay, my mom left a poem for me. She left a little tiny poem. I have it in my wallet. It says, don't think of me as gone. Think of me as merely being in the next room. Okay, and I never forgot that. And weirdly enough, that particular little poem came into play to help me stop the decline when my papa that crossed over so they want you to talk about them in the present and that includes this time of the year set a little place set a little glass of wine or port or champagne or whatever it is that you enjoy and then raise a glass to them at this time of the year okay and acknowledge those it's something that's done at weddings on a regular basis Shall we raise a glass to those who couldn't be here today? How many times have you done that at weddings? So why not do it at, at this time of the year, like the Christmas dinner or, or, or Thanksgiving, for example? This, that's something else. That was a lead into Christmas. That is something that myself and my family, who are Irish, by the way, we celebrated Thanksgiving this year specifically because we have so many uh, wonderful friends from the United States and Canada. Um, so we actually um, celebrated Thanksgiving and we became very, very observant of why and what Thanksgiving was all about. We are thankful. Now, my wife has gone through absolute hell over the last two years in that she developed cancer, which has affected her entire body and even her brain. But she is winning the battle. So we were very much thankful that that battle is being won and that she's still here with us. And I'm thankful for her. She's thankful for me and the kids and so on and so forth. And we're thankful that we are in, in good stead and we have a future together. So that thankfulness just for Thanksgiving should then progress on through Christmas and especially into the new year. When something negative is around you, it's up to you to either deal with it and get rid of it or carry it with you. In 2022, there's been so much negativity with 2021, 2020, all being connected to that, that disease that the entire world was um, affected by. But the person that I am, I always look for the benefit. Did any of you guys notice the, how clear the skies were during lockdown? How quickly the oceans changed during lockdown? How the birds came out more? How everything was real? during lockdown and i said to my wife why don't we get the world to shut down for one month every year shut everything off and go into a kind of lockdown 
families became more observant of each other, spent more time together, created a lot more together. So rather than seeing the, the negativeness of the illness, I saw the positivity it created. We can then choose to go into 2023 with the positivity that's ahead of us and not drag the negativity of 2022 behind us. That's something I will teach you how to do. So discuss with each other and ourselves what it is, like what Christmas really means to us. Is it the gifts that are under the tree? Is it the, the, um, the type of gift that's under the tree? Or is it the fact that we were able to share each other with this time of the year? Okay. Like I said to Michelle, that veil between the two worlds is at, is at its thinnest because of the positive energy we have around us in this time of the year. Our friends and family are trying to talk with us. They are. They're trying to link in. They're trying to let us know they're around. But are you listening? That's the question. Do you ever just go to a church, no matter what the denomination is, do you ever just go to the church and sit? Try it at this time of the year, especially when you have choirs singing and you have the manger all set up. I mean, the, the cathedral in Truro is just an amazing place to be. I will often go in there and just sit and absorb the energy that the cathedral has to offer. And I will sit and listen to the beautiful choirs in the ambience of the uh, the cathedral as their voices travel through that majestic building. And it'll transport me almost instantaneously back to my childhood. I always come out of there thinking or feeling completely revived, completely energized, completely ready to take on the world. Why? Because I just sat down and listened. It is that simple. People will argue with you. Yes, of course they will. They'll argue with you. Oh, it's got to be much more than that. Is it? Or are they just, just a wee bit too afraid to give it a go? Okay. It's the hardest thing for any one person to do is actually look at themselves and actually judge themselves. That's a really difficult thing to do because you don't judge yourself on yourself. You tend to judge yourself on what you think other people think of you. What other people think of you doesn't really come into play. It's what you think of you. Are you happy with yourself? And if you're not, what are you going to do to fix and make your life happier? Because trust me, this is the time of year to do it. Where do you think New Year's resolutions came from? Where do you think that all came from? It's because we wanted to make the next year better than the one before. And... The resolution side of things came then if I want to make 2023 better, I have to then make myself better. Okay. And what am I going to change about me that's going to make me happier with myself? Because when you're happier with yourself, that energy radiates out and people follow people. And if you see someone going, do you know what? I'm going to get up. I'm going to lose the weight that I've always said I'm going to lose. I'm going to take on a new hobby. I'm going to complete a hobby that I've started. I'm going to complete a task I've wanted to complete. Other people will go, oh, my goodness, I've seen you doing that. I'm, do you know what? I'm going to give that a go. So you lead by example. Like I said on Facebook many, many moons back, don't be the sheep, be the shepherd, meaning that if you have the option to be able to lead and help, 
it's down to you to do that. Okay. I hope you're enjoying my show so far. It feels a little bit unique having a chat to myself. Um, it feels a wee bit unique and and uh, that I'm sort of going through all of my thoughts that, that affect me. But then again, if it's affected me, maybe it'll affect you too. I hope it does. And I hope it does in a very, very positive way. Um, there are loads of meditation that uh, meditations that will help you that will help you change your whole concept of the world. My mom used to say to me, and I hear her voice on a regular basis. My mom used to say to me, if you've got nothing good to say, son, don't say anything. So um, every time I think I get a wee bit annoyed at something, I hear that voice. Hey, if you've got nothing good to say, don't say anything at all. I can hear her voice shouting in the background. <laughs> Oh, bless you, Michelle. She says, you're rocking it, Paul. You're rocking it. News on the flip side says, you're rocking it. Thank you very much. <laughs> new traditions. Now, new traditions are a big thing at this time of the year as well. A tradition has to start. And why doesn't it start now? Well, it's a good idea. Why not? Okay. A tradition can come into play whenever you want it to come into play. Like, for an example, my family and I decided, you know what? We're going to celebrate Thanksgiving. And we're going to do it every year now. And hopefully next year, my entire family will come and sit around the table, 18, 20, 25 people. And, and my new family, you know, all of those wonderful people that I meet in the United States and Canada, get yourselves over to Cornwall. Let's have a weekend of it. And you know what it's like when the Irish have a weekend of it? <laughs> there are two parties in Ireland. And the two biggest parties in Ireland is one is a wedding and the other is a funeral. And both of them last the same amount of time. Figure that one out. Um, so I'd love to have your thoughts on that now. I would love to have your thoughts. So Michelle says she started a few traditions with her family and now she's not ill. They've carried on those traditions. Now, Michelle, specifically Michelle, I haven't as yet got this privilege as yet, but I'm, oh, I can't wait. Michelle, I know she has a grandchild. Now, what what kind of energy does that change in you, Michelle, knowing that your little grandchild is now looking towards what's coming on the 24th of December, 24th stroke 25th? Okay, does that change you in any way? Um, I know I haven't got any grandchildren, but I really am looking forward to it. Um, my children, my kids, now my, I say my kids, my, my youngest is coming towards her 16th birthday. My absolute baby is heading towards her 16th birthday. And my oldest is a pediatrician. So they still know that for dad, dad uh, dad's rules at Christmas are no socks or underwear. No socks or underwear. And I must have a gift. They must give me a toy. I must have a toy at Christmas. Okay, Because do you know what? I love this time of year. I'm at my happiest. I bounce. I love it. I love cooking. I love the camaraderie. I love the jokes. I love the um, the Porsche. Absolutely, the Porsche. <laughs> um, I, <laughs> all my family said to me, "Hey, Paul or Dad, or, you know, what is it you want for Christmas this year?" And I'm like, Porsche. And they're all looking at me, going. Dad, I'm 15 years old. How am I going to get a Porsche? And I say, how did the men get to the moon? And then we figured it out. I went, 
go figure it out. So, um, <laughs> energy, what you give out, you'll attract. So um, my, I said to my children, absolutely no socks and underwear. No, thank you. Um, but if you want to um, get me a gift, at least one of you must give me a toy. I want a toy. I want a toy every year. I want a toy. I don't care how big or how small the toy is. I just want a toy. Because that toy allows me to lock back into the child that's still inside me. Okay? And that child or that energy is the energy that allows us to get up and conquer. When I say conquer, I mean in a good way. Conquer fears. Conquer our, our goals and inhibitions. And when you do that, you create so much wonderful new energy. It's an amazing feat to be overcome. I've done it many, many times. I've done it many, many times. I will share something with you before we, we get to the end of the day. And I'll share it with you at the end of the show. Sorry, not the end of the day. Um, a change that was so dramatic, it changed my life. I'd like to welcome in my dear friend, Roger, Latino Psychic Visions. He's in the room. Hi, Rog. Lovely to see you, buddy. Good to see you. Now, just before um, Michelle's message disappears, uh, her, grandchild's, her grandchild changed literally everything because he finally gets a full understanding of that special time of the year. Yes. Yes, of course it does. But, but he gets it. But what does it do for you, Michelle? What did it change? And drop your inhibitions, drop your management skills. And I want to touch that heart, that beautiful heart of Michelle. And what does that do for you? Something I've asked in on oh, numerous TV and radio shows or on stages or, you know, in spiritual churches of over my many, many, many years. Here's a question I'm going to ask you guys. Now, please, please, please take a deep breath absorb the question and give the answer which do you prefer which do you prefer on christmas morning do you prefer opening a gift or do you prefer watching a gift being opened that you gave so which of those two actually works for you which one means the most to you like honestly if it's Opening a gift, that's fine. Nobody's here to judge. That's not what it's all about. I'm just interested in the energy that it produces. So when you're sitting there Christmas morning and people have given out the gifts, which is the best? Which is which really, you know, bursts with energy? Watching a gift that you've you've given being opened or opening a gift that you have? Which is it? Come on, let me know. Tell me. I'm a gift giver. I have no doubt because I'm on this show because you're a gift giver. And I love watching people open their gifts because it makes me happy to see them smile. I have absolutely no doubts. No doubts whatsoever. You are a gift giver. And you're a gift giver on multiples of levels, young lady. Don't let anybody tell, anybody tell you any different. For me, while I'm waiting for the rest of you guys to respond, for me, it's that the, I'm exactly the same as Michelle. You know, my um, Johanna and the girls were always like, Dad, open your gifts, open your quant, open, open your gifts. Um, so much so they go, right, we're not opening anymore till you open one. Okay. So I'm sitting there and I watch them opening the gifts. The, um, it's the amazement. This, that's that. Oh, oh, my God. That 
that think about that for a second you have that energy you received it it was a gift they opened the gift and they went oh my god that energy that went boom you got it it's there it's right there it's like in i call it my psychic shelf you've got one too your psychic shelf okay it's up there so you can tap into that psychic shelf anytime you want it doesn't have to be christmas eve or christmas day think about it you can just go i'm not having a good day today close your eyes let go take a deep breath and remember that moment remember the moment that your wife your husband your child opened that gift and readapt that power that explosion of energy and Bring it in, filter it, and get on with your day. It's there. It's on your psychic shelf. Create your psychic shelf. Everybody has one. I love watching others opening the gifts, says Roger. Um, and they have to remind me to open mine. <laughs> this is Faye, by the way. I, I love it. I love surprising them, too. I love getting giving gifts out that they weren't expecting. Oh my god i wasn't expecting that oh my god like that um i'll share one with you guys uh it was the first christmas we've moved into this particular house we're in right now and joanna had told me um some years back that ever since she was a little girl she always wanted a grandfather clock and i want a grandfather clock and she went yeah she was the the taking of the clock and and i could see in her eyes that it meant something amazing so me being me and i'm a bit of a git at times i go oh my god i can't imagine having a grandfather clock and eyes oh awful things oh that ticking up drive me nuts so i basically played it down and of course oh, i've went got one anyway i had to keep it in the garage and i had to make it look at like everything but a grandfather clock and of course christmas morning she came downstairs now this is how observant my wife is she walked downstairs past this big box, this huge box that was leaning against the wall like that. She walked past it. Didn't see it. <laughs> How could you not see a seven-foot box sitting against the wall? Anyway, she walked past in the living room. And so I'm standing there looking at her going, and she, she's going she's gonna to ask me in a second, what's that big box in the hallway? And she didn't. And I said, listen, did you get your box? And she goes, no. And I saw I took her out. And I went, this is yours. And she ripped into it. Of course, it was a grandfather clock. And I took a photograph of the moment. And the photograph is on our fridge. And she's like, like that. I often go to that moment if I'm having a week of it or a day of it or a year of it or something. I'll go back to that moment when she opened it. And you should see her. She did have tears. And it brought her back to that time. And she just went boom, and we had such a great day. Um, I love watching my grandchildren open up, says Eileen. Eileen, and welcome to the show. How wonderful to see you. Guys, listen, can you all do me a favor? Make sure you share the link to the show with all of your friends. Get them all in here. Teach them how to get in here, because there's a lot of people who know we're on tonight, but they're not in the chat room. So go out for me and teach them how to get into the chat room. Come on and talk. Come on, have a chat with me. I'm on for another hour anyway, so we're going to be yapping for quite some time to go yet. 
Uh, Michelle says, me too. <laughs> I can hear her voice in my head doing that, actually. It's lovely. Roger has joined the show. Well, I'm so very glad to see you, Roger. Welcome. <laughs> Wonderful to see you. Uh, Roger's one of my dear friends, and he has a fantastic show called Latino Psychic Visions. And I do recommend that you go and watch Roger's show on a Wednesday evening. Oh, Michelle, possibility there. Um, so coming back to where we are, um, what the, the, the very first show of uh, Spirit Quest, The Journey of Life, is all about. When um, Michelle, and um, actually it was Amelia that first contacted me, and then Michelle contacted me, and they said, would you like to, you can start straight away. I went, my voice went, yes! And then I finished chatting with the guys, and I went and sat down, and I thought, oh my God, what have I just said yes to? Um, but I've always been a big sort of believer in trust your instincts, trust where it's coming from, trust you're making the right decisions. My instincts have always led me to be with the right people and be around and be surrounded by the right people. I've always taught my children, if you want to be successful, surround yourself with successful people. And I seem to be doing that. I pushed out the energy to the to the universe, to the world of spirit, to my friends and family in spirit and said, listen, guys, guide me. Where do I need to go? Next thing I get a call from Amelia and I get a call from Michelle and Joe and boom. Here we are tonight. It's out there. The ability for you to do that is exactly the same. You don't have to be a psychic medium, 30 years experience. You, you can be a person who got up this morning with no experience. Trust. Trust in here. Trust that energy that is around you now. Okay? What you give off. Here's the bit that I'm going to teach you. And it teach you. That I would say, or sorry, I did share with you that when we cross from December into New Year is the time that I'm going to say, right, we're going to do a meditation this evening. And the meditation is to get rid of all of the negatives of 2022 so that we're open to all the positives of 2023. And we will do that. That is going to happen. So in the future shows, I will be doing scenarios like meditations. But just remember, I can't believe I've got to say this, but the law states that if I'm going to be doing a meditation live on a show, please don't be operating a car or any machinery whilst meditating. You have a habit of driving into walls. So let's have a look at um, some of the uh, bits and pieces that I, I brought up this year. For example, Christians embraced the Christmas tree as a symbolic symbol of the birth and the resurrection of Christ. Did you know that? I didn't know that. Okay. It was, it was later on in life that I only found out that we adopted it from the pagan world. But it's actually it's a, a symbolism of the resurrection of Jesus and the birth of Jesus. And that's why 25th of December is renowned as the birth of Christ. He didn't. He, Jesus Christ wasn't born in December. He was actually born in around April, March time, something like that. But um, his birth is res and his resurrection are symbolized by the tree. Also, um, it's an, an, um, an emblem of immortality, the, the tree itself as well. And 
one negative side, there's always a blooming negative side. The only negative side that I was able to find out about the embracing of the Christmas tree as a symbol was that the symbol um, also symbolizes the crown of thorns that is worn by Christ. Now, that was the, I thought, shall I share that with everybody? And I went, you know what? Yes, I will, because it's fact. Way before it was adopted, though, uh, by the Christian faith, it was widely used by the pagan people and the Wiccans. Um, but they brought it in to brighten their homes. Think about that, okay? The Christians adopted that as well. So we, we decorate the tree. Why? We put lights on the tree. Why? Because it brightens our home. What's the very first thing that you see when you... Um, well, what's the very first thing that anybody says when you finish decorating the tree and they walk in? What happens? What happens? They all go, oh! <laughs> I usually look at them and go, you all right? And they all go, oh, that's beautiful. It's touched them emotionally. So the pagan people and the Wiccan people, they brought them in to brighten up the home during the winter, the winter solstice. So it brightens up. It brought a fragrance into the house. It brought um, a warmth into the house. And it brought a beautiful energy, which depicts um, renewal. Okay, renewal, beginning, start. So what, what amazing information that I never knew until today. Um, early Romans, for an example, they actually uh, used the Christmas tree as well, specifically the branches, to decorate the temples during the festival of Saturnla. So Saturn, A-L-A, Saturnla. Didn't know that until today either. Alan, um, Alan says, how beautiful it is. That's just amazing. I don't know if you caught it a little bit earlier on there, Alan, but the, the Yule comes from that era as well, the Yule log. Um, but Yule, um, we use Yule logs because they, they, they put the, the logs on the on the uh, fire, which gave off beautiful fragrance from that particular pine log, but also brings warmth and light. So there are so many concepts here that children don't know about that maybe they should. I think they should. I will be teaching those to my daughter. My daughter will be going like whatever. Um so, <laughs> but I will teach them that, look, this is where the Christmas tree came from. This is what it was used for. And here's here's the goodness that comes from it. Um, so Saturnala was the festival that was um, um, the, the Romans had. And they brought the, the, the branches of the evergreen tree, the Christmas tree, in to actually decorate and use for that particular festival. The Egyptians used a similar, but they used palm green um, rushes as a part of their worship to the god Ra. But they used it under the same guise as we use it today. So they decorated, it brought energy, love, strength, warmth um, to while they were um, worshipping the god Ra. The idea of bringing the evergreen Christmas tree into your house represents also fertility. All the girls are going, huh? <laughs> Fertility. All the lads are going, really? So without going into my comedy routine, I best pull that one to a halt right there. Yes, the Christmas tree represents fertility. It also represents, like I was telling you guys, a new life. Okay, In the darkness of winter, the Christmas tree was 
adorned with at, at times it would have been adorned with candles uh, or lights or various trinkets that made it bright so it also uh, um represented new beginnings new light okay um we have so much that we have adopted from the pagan and the wiccans that's not being taught correctly and i thought well why don't i share it with you guys tonight also another um concept that came from that whole embrace was holly and ivy and of course mistletoe i didn't find out where the beginnings of the mistletoe thing came from i didn't find that out i was so still wrapped up in all the other information that i find out that i was like wow my god i didn't know that um so to, for me today is a brilliant day i have learned so much i love learning so the wiccan believes and the um the pagan believes which are still going strong today are embraced with christmas and brought us christmas so rather than knocking them back offer them a happy yule and a bright solstice my kids uh, roll their eyes when i give them a piece of history in the back <laughs> yeah uh, well some kids don't like to learn but i said to them i always say to them okay i tell you what i brought that to you today and they go yeah so, so what have you got for me and they look at me and go um uh uh nothing nothing you got nothing for me you're rolling your eyes about what i've taught you but you got nothing for me okay where's the balance go find something so <laughs> but they they hate it when they come to me because i do a lot of reading and a lot of research and i love learning so they go hey dad did you figure this oh yeah i knew about that it ends with this or my favorite is when um the kids come to me with an excuse and i finish it for them and I go, yeah, I invented that one. Anyway, it's the child in me. So that's why the child flourishes at this time of the year. I love it. I love it. So come on, share with me what your um, your best memories of Christmas time is or are or could well be of the future. What is it that you do this time of the year that you don't do at any other time of the year? And what and why don't you do it at any other time of the year? I had a friend of mine who kept his Christmas tree up all year long so that he wouldn't forget the reasons behind having Christmas. I mean, part of me went, oh, that's cool. And the other part of me went, yeah, but then again, opening the Christmas tree won't be anything new, will it? So twos and fours of that. So come on, guys, tell me what um, Christmas really did mean to you guys and how it affects you today um, and didn't affect you when you were a child. OK, so I hope you guys are really enjoying it. I hope it's it's doing something for you. Um, please, 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 please go out there onto the Facebooks and invite friends and family and show them how to get onto the chat rooms, because a few people are sending me messages saying they can't get the link okay so going back to what we were talking about um the links between this and what i do for a living so this time of the year is it's, it's the height and the buzz of all energies now um i find it very, very difficult to be able to completely immerse myself in the the joviality of it only because i do know there are people out there who are struggling 
Okay. Um, and I was, I've always tried to teach that the gift of Christmas isn't about the size of the gift under the tree. It's about the gift of love, respect, and honor. And that's the biggest gift, love, respect, and honor. I shared the story about Maya and the, the, the gentleman who was sitting on a blanket with his dog at the side of the street with his hand out. That's the sharing of the um, hot drink and hot food and get, showing him where he could get a, a nice bed for the night. There are multiples of people that live near you right now who spend Christmas alone. I spent one Christmas and it wasn't really necessarily alone. It was not with my family. One, in, in all my years of being on this earth, uh, I was a chef. I was working in a very, very big hotel. And I couldn't get off the Christmas period. It's a heavy period of the year for the business. And I had to stay in my little room all on my own um, on Christmas Eve. And I never forgot how lonely that felt i mean i was talking to my family it wasn't the days of mobile phones or cell phones so i went made calls and they obviously rang through to the hotel knew i was there working and we said our happy christmases and love you guys and so on and so forth um but i never forgot sitting in my little room with my little tv all on my own that one christmas how particularly lonely that was i vowed never to do it again and i haven't but there we go so there are people around you and i'm really really sorry to say it tends to be the elderly who will be on their own maybe they'll be a husband and wife but maybe they're just a little bit too old to be able to celebrate christmas like they used to so why not take um a half an hour an hour two hours three hours whatever and go and knock on their door and just spend a little bit of time with them. There's nothing better for a, a person to interface with another person. That's something that I find with the kids of today is disappearing. They don't interface with each other. They interface with equipment, cell phones, computers. Uh, one of my kids got a watch. Well, it's not she talks to the watch and... But I've noticed that they don't integrate with each other much anymore, which is a kind of a bad thing, in my opinion. I'm going to add in one of my dearest pals. Look at Hi. that. How are you? <laughs> I am phenomenal. How are you? I'm good. How's your first hour going? I can't believe it's an hour going past already. Right? It's so much fun. And welcome to the network. Couldn't oh, be happier you. for you. Couldn't oh, be happier hey. to have you. You are the one that got me here, and, and I'm so very, very glad. Thank you so much. No, I just put a name in. You did the rest. It's all you, darling. Um, I <laughs> was speaking to a mutual friend earlier, and he said to say hello. You are? Bobby Brown. Who's that? Bobby. Oh, Bobby. Oh, my <laughs> yeah. dear. Bobby. Um, and I, I'm, I'm trusting he's well. Yeah, he is. He was working and I just, um, I needed a question answered and I called him to say hello. And uh, not all the time do you get him because he's very busy. He's either in court or filming oh. or working. He works a lot. 
So, uh, yeah. he is like an oracle, isn't he? He's <laughs> he's one of these. Um, I, I don't, I don't what, I'm, what I'm about to say, I don't mean in, in any way derogatorial, but he reminds me of my dad mm -hmm. <laughs> only working. because uh, he's constantly working, he's just an oracle. My father knew everything and everybody, you know, those he's one of those people, yes. Now, I was, I mentioned to you briefly <laughs> in a wee chat on Messenger about the Italian Christmases. Oh, La Befana. La Befana. La Befana. So, the Epiphany. A witch. Yes. And you want to talk about that? Is that. <laughs> it's weird doing this. Usually we're doing I was, readings. So this is a lot. I know we're, we're all doing. We, we, Amelia and I used to have a show. Um, a couple of years back and we it was like one read after another after another it was just kept reading oh, we, exhausting um, so th this kind of this kind of show is like almost alien to us <laughs> we're on the right yes. network for that aren't we <laughs> yeah <laughs> um, we have all kinds of shows on this network yeah we have um, all kinds of shows here i have to say though when i was reading that information on lapifana you you shot straight into my mind not in a derogatorial sense but i wonder how, how you're going to approach this how, how you'll take this data on board well i can tell you the story that i was given yeah, yeah <laughs> again i say it. given i just gotta click on my sound because you're coming in low for me i'm just gonna okay. check my just my own sound so i can get there we go am i too loud no, you're beautiful. You're coming through beautiful. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. I'm just going to move that just a little bit. Okay. Um, La Befana is actually, um, I know it's like a strega. Yeah, yeah, I get that, right? But it's yeah. what they started. My mother told me that, well, my dad told me actually. My father told me that the story Befana is simply because the... Um, the witch was meant to scare the children so that they would be good. So it was a way of getting them through the holidays because it's actually on the epiphany that La Befana comes door to door. Now she doesn't bring presents. She would bring treats like oranges and nuts because you're talking about a time when there wasn't anything. You're talking about wartime and yes. medieval time. This, this legend goes way, way back. So they would, and if you were bad, just like we say with St. Nick, you got coal. So Santa oh, Claus right, didn't okay. come into the into the European side. I don't know about Ireland, but for Italy, Santa didn't come in until gosh, years and years later, probably this last 1800s. century. It was eighteen. Yeah, it was 18, really uh, eighteen twenty three. And I think it hit. It, I think Santa hit Italy even after that. I think it was the nineteen hundreds yeah. after the war. But it because my father was born in 1938. So he was growing up during the 40s and it was always La Befana. There was no saint. St. Right. Nicholas was a saint, but not yes. Santa. So, yeah. So it was a way of began, keeping the kids um, in, in check. In check, which is not a bad thing. But, right? but um, she's it, based on a true Nicholas, story, though. She is? Really? She is based on a true story of a woman that would go door to door. And, and that's what I was told. Now, I don't yeah. know what anybody, every region of Italy has their own story. But <laughs> what I was told for Southern Italy, because there's just so funny. Um, I was told that there was a woman who would go and bring things to children. And oh, then right. they started using it in a different sense. But my father said it was a lure to keep him to, you know, in line to behave. <laughs> I mean, I can. My memory is is like if you're not in bed and asleep before a certain time, 
he won't come. And I, I mean, that's the oh, worst wow. thing yes, ever. Yes, yes, yes. And, and of course, so, but it was like the coal was a concept, you know, and yes. the coal was a big thing, you know, what, what do you want to get up to on Christmas morning to do? Do you want to get up and play with your toys or would you like to, to fill the coal scuttle? And it was, oh, I'm off to bed then. I'll, night. <laughs> night, the night. Room done. Good night. <laughs> love yous. Good night. That was the only time of the year we ever told our parents we loved them, but <laughs> coming up to birthdays, but um, it, it's, it's like, these, uh, you know, and, uh, as you know, we from old, I, I love learning about myths and, and I love learning about different things, and especially uh, of Italy, um, because it, Italy's got such a, a beautiful, rich history. But some of the information that I was picking up of here, it seems that um, Chris Kringle um, or Santa Claus, well, he, he, he came into play in Turkey. Mm-hmm. which is not too far from Italy, but he then was, it, it, then the Romans had a big thing to do with it. Uh, uh, and the Egyptians had a big concept with it as well. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, in that, if you want to put uh, Europe as, as a central point, it kind of started there and spread out. And it wasn't yes. until late till it came over to the, to New York, actually that it then went bang into of what course. it is today. Commercial. Now, I've got something because I I know you 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 have a big child's heart. I know you do. Oh, I love Santa. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, where was it? Uh, I want. I did write it down. Uh, let me just get the information. Make sure I've got it right because I don't want to make myself look like an idiot. Oh, there's Labby Fana. Oh, how many reindeer? Here's a good question for you guys. Um, how many original reindeer were there? Original. Yes. Dancer and dancer and daughter. Pleasant Cupid. Eight? Yes. Yeah. Good and then Rudolph. Rudolph. I sang it. Did you? <laughs> I sang it in my head. Yeah. You see what I mean, folks? She's yeah. singing it in her head. She's yes. giving off an energy. I That's love what Christmas carols. The I sing spirit them. of Christmas. Oh, yeah. Christmas carols start right after Halloween here in Canada. So my radio station stays on there in the truck and <laughs> at home. And that and my daughter loves Christmas. So we're like yeah. really big on it. Yeah. We do the whole, you know, the, the music goes on when you're doing the tree and everything. But yeah, I got um, I, I, I you were absolutely right. It was um, Rudolph didn't come in till well late. And do you know where it came from? Rudolph came from? No, you you, you should because I know you uh, on a personal I do. level. I just don't remember. One of your yes. pastimes is <laughs> now all the kids are going to email me. <laughs> you know, Santa. one of your pastimes is, is, shall we say, what do we call it? Retail therapy. Oh, shoes. <laughs> <laughs> Shoes. I just it was a, a massive today, store, uh, um, the Montgomery Ward department store, that actually created the ninth Rudolph, uh, ninth reindeer Rudolph. You're kidding. And, no, and, and there was a gentleman there, and I'm just trying to get his name before I got it. And he actually, it was written in eighteen in the eighteen nineties that he wrote um, the story. It was a night before Christmas. And it all links in with that. And that's where Rudolph came from. And the original story, uh, it was a night before Christmas, wasn't actually called that. It was called something else. And I have written it down, but I can't remember where I wrote it. Um, It is a different name. That's true. Because it's a really, really old story, right? It is. It was written initially as a poem. um, Mm -hmm. And then it then progressed into becoming a story, which is something 
one of the things that I used to do was sit down with a whole pile of kids, give them all chocolate and marshmallows and read them a night before Christmas. I used to do that because I'm a real life Santa and I've got to <laughs> belly to match. He's a good daddy. Yeah. I, I, well, I've always oh, spent saying that. Um, there was one year that I went and I did all that. And I there was all of the children staying at the resort that I was working at. And I, I read them the night before Christmas. They all mm -hmm. had chocolate and marshmallows. And and I we finished the whole night. And I got up and I went home. And I got a phone call. And they said, Paul, um, you all right? I said, yeah. They said, have you forgotten anything? No. They went, are you sure you haven't forgotten anything? I said, no. They said, you haven't forgotten two children? I left my two kids at work. Oh, my God. <laughs> I zoomed home because I didn't want to miss Santa. I oh, left my, two kids my at work, God. So I had to go back and get them. That is, <laughs> wow. That takes that was, courage to announce that. That, that was Maya. <laughs> Maya was the baby. Oh, crap. And I left her. And uh, as it happens, though, there was a wonderful talk about things having to happen. And again, this is this is not me going off piece. This has really a lot to do with tonight's show, the the Christmas spirit, the spirit of Christmas. Um, as I went back and got them, of course, I was not ridiculed, but everybody was having a giggle at me, you know. Of course, so I picked up my two children, loving them to bits, put them in the car, took them home. And as we were coming in, I promise you, boom, a star shot right over the house. Beautiful. Okay, and bells rang, little ching 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 ching, ching bells like that. And the kids looked at me and went, and I went, well, I'm standing beside you. It wasn't me. It was the Grace bringing Santa. <laughs> they, it, was, yeah, it was ching, ching, ching. And, and, and the two kids, one's coming on 19 and Maya's coming 16. And they will wow. both tell you that I was standing beside them when it, this star shot right over the house. And they could hear these Christmas bells in the background. And oh I said, there you go. Beautiful. And they shot through the door straight into the bedrooms. And I didn't see them again till the following morning. See, because they knew <laughs> we have to get to bed now. They well, knew, right? Oh, my goodness. Well, wow. My, I love my, Santa. Um, uh, I, 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 mm, Santa's so I love, good to me. <laughs> I, I, I was saying to Michelle, <laughs> I can't wait to be a granddaddy. So <gasps> is I'm this happening? Be... Is this something I should know? Well, no, my, my, Rosie Mulder is getting married. Oh, congratulations! So I've got a, Gosh. I've got to go on a strict regime of dieting and exercise to get ready for the suit. You know, <laughs> giving the order away. You sound like Joe. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, no, us men, we have a, a duty, and that duty must be prevailed. And it's a beautiful things, thing to walk your daughter down uh, the aisle. Us men, we have a duty because we face that duty ourselves. So. I, just, I remember saying to Joel, who's going to be my son-in-law, um, you have only one test, and that's it. And if you pass that test, you're you're good to go. And he said, what's that? I said, we hang you over a cliff with one hand, and if you make it till morning, you're in. <laughs> <It's simple. laughs> As you just need one warning, you know, to keep them in line. I don't have to. Rosie Just would the, take care of all business. Yeah, like, you know, exactly. <laughs> Rosie rules that race. Anyway, Amelia Pisano, you just do not get any older. You look younger, if anything. Oh, God, no, it's the lighting, but thank you. <laughs> it's the lighting. <laughs> I've it's seen very Christmas, dark. I've seen pictures of your house of Christmas is old gone by. Yes. And you have oh, that monstrous old. big tree. Yes, I um, still have it. I still have it. I have never had a real tree. And it's, yeah. I think it's... Uh, 
I never really wanted one. And I know some people will be like, oh, how can you not have a real tree? I feel like you're killing something for a couple weeks. And True. it's just that feeling for me. I can't do it. I'm, if you love the smell of the pine, just get some spray or candles. Yeah. But I like the artificial tree. I've had that tree for 29 years. Wow. And it's worth it. You know, it was worth it. And we actually have to decorate the entirety of it because where it is yeah. in the hallway, it's, it's not huge. in a corner where I can't decorate the back. So <laughs> you can just imagine it's about 14 feet. So you could just imagine about five, almost six feet round at the bottom. How yeah. many ornaments are on that? But John's great. <laughs> um, and Saverina, my daughter, but I do the other stuff around the house and I do, I'm terrible. I'll come by and I'll move things after oh, they're yeah. done. I'm I, like, I'm, do you know what? I'm going to say it quietly because they're in another room over there. Yeah. They're sleeping. But it's late for I, you. I do these. I do the same. I, I wait and I, I let them finish and I look at them and go, that's not balanced. And I, oh, I don't say anything. You. I just move them. <laughs> oh, I get shattered out if I go, no, don't put it there. I put it here. They're, I've I, collected I get those. Oh, yeah, of course. I collected those ornaments for years upon years, even before I was even in my 20s from a little girl. I've always loved Christmas. My mother and dad have given me that. Yeah. Um, it was always a happy time and family together and lots of food and lots of celebration. It was a big event. So I've been collecting ornaments for years. And thank God, that's a big tree. Yeah. But I continue to buy them every year. But ornaments are not just ornaments for me. You can point to any ornament and I can give you a story. Memories. Yes. Absolutely. Memories. I have them in memoriam of my father, my brother, my sister, my mom. Um, yes. I also have moments. <laughs> you know, funny because that was the name of our show. That was our show. But, <laughs> yeah. And I also have moments in life that matter to me. Like um, my father loved cannoli and it, he never had a sweet tooth. And towards the end of his life, that's all he would eat. So I would constantly go and cut them and drop them off. And yeah. I was fortunate enough that things were open when um, a month before he passed away and I could sit there and watch him eat four, my dad, <laughs> four. And, I don't think um, I've had the privilege of um, scoffing a cannoli. Oh, well, you'd have to have one. Well, you can have one in Italy. You're closer to Italy than you are to Canada. But um, true. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not big on them. I'll eat one or whatever. I'm not a big sweet tooth. I like my food, but... Um, I know. I've I, seen your spreads. I think when you, <laughs> when you get into that kitchen of yours and yeah. you let fly and these amazing dishes appear. I, I do bake, but I'm not the big, I bake for other people. Like I bake for my family and for holidays and things like that. I'll taste it. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm done. I'd rather have food instead. I can't fathom drinking my calories or eating them in sugar. That's just me. Right. Okay. But, um, well, that, yeah, that's it's just one link. of those things. So, that's a that's a, actually quite a good link and a link that I never sort of put down on what I want to talk about tonight. Um, but food is an, an equal part of the the whole energy of Christmas. Now, yes. I, I kind of wanted I, I sort of entitled the show the Christmas spirit the spirit of Christmas because me to me those are two separate objects the Christmas spirit, okay, and the spirit of Christmas. Yes. The spirit of Christmas is something that we can all share because we all understand what we're talking about there's there's not a person that's not listening to us tonight going oh yeah i did that oh yes i remember that with the the christmas baubles and the christmas trees and and especially the ones that the children made it in in school 
Yeah, you know, I still have my with, niece and nephews from they're there. They're still in there. Yep. Yeah, no, they're, not they're, just my daughter, that, but the little, yeah. like my nieces are just a few years younger than me. Well, a few, <laughs> 10. But, <laughs> but I mean, I still have the stuff that they made me as children in school. I still have yes. all of those on the tree. On the tree. Uh, there's a, yeah. a Rudolph in the middle of the tree that sits on the branches that Maya made when she was in, over in this part of the world, we call it primary Aww. school. Yes. And it looked like roadkill, Here but too. nonetheless, it, it's it's there. And yeah. the, so that concept, and I mean, you just des described it in such a way. And I'm going to be, be totally honest here. You brought me back to my child when you were discussing about the different baubles and it yes. being um, created because that was my mom's thing. My mom, my mom created such a tree that all of my pals from far and wide would come to our house, not just to visit to me. It. Just, just to, to see, see mom and they called oh. her mom they used, to, they used to call my mother that's beautiful hey mom and they walk yeah. in the door and she was about she's about your height four foot eight you know and four, i'm all not four foot eight her. you might be i'm not i'm five foot four but anyways so, so they'd hug her and they'd give her a big kiss on the top of the head and and they would just come to 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 glow at the tree now that's what i call the, the christmas spirit I guess because yeah. I can still feel that. I can still feel that energy. So what is it about this time of the year? Do you think that it creates that? And why does that not come in a top in? Well, I teach people how to tap into energy now, but why don't we tap into that energy all um, through the year? I, I wish, you know, um, <laughs> I think it's all the boost. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? It's nostalgia for me. Um, but I can tell you at the mall, there's no, there's none such spirit of Christmas at the mall. Um, yeah. when you're gathering with friends mm -hmm. and it's just because you want to see them and you just want to share some stories. I think we don't make the effort the rest of the year because we're busy, yeah. but Christmas hits us and we're like, Oh, you know, this is a social time and that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah, but I don't why? know how to why? answer uh, that. There's something. It, it's a it's a great that's a great idea. And I, I I see what you mean. And but you very often say to me, "Oh, I'm going to have a cappuccino with my pals at the at the the beauty parlor or down the mall or where, wherever you, you you enjoy going to meet up with your pals." And when you when back in the days when we had our show and you said to me, "Oh, I'm doing this," I could feel that buzz from you, that energy. Oh, okay? I love seeing and it was my wonderful. friends. Yeah. My my pals, um, when I talk about the pals that used to come around to the house and to see mom and the tree and what have you, they're still my friends. They're still we're still like brothers from we were fourteen years old. That's I'm fifty not now, but um, <laughs> we're still that close. In fact, my oldest and dearest friend texts me every single day without fail. Oh, that's nice. Every, yeah. every single day. Now we have a thing now where we and please don't go oh my god but we we refer to each other as the lads okay mm -hmm. and the we boys still, the boys the lads yeah it's the and same thing the boys and we meet up and we have a weekend together um at, we try and make it more than one a year but with me being in a different country it's sometimes a bit difficult because my schedule doesn't allow or schedule as you guys say uh doesn't allow I, for me <laughs> but um when we get together, it's like we've never been apart. That's, you know, we, we, that's it's beautiful. Like, 
you know it's not like oh my god it's so good to see you oh my god you've got fat and old what happened to you um no it's oh my god paul a big cuddle and stuff you know and, and so i i I, to, I told everybody just before you came on to the show that i believe wholeheartedly and unequivocally that we have a thing called a psychic shelf okay now you called it nostalgia okay yes that's one of the things that I, I teach everybody we always have to have labels okay that's fine there's, there's no no i think nostalgia is a it's a feeling right and it keeps things yes. going but if so you don't have a good shelf. childhood memory you won't yes. necessarily you can get nostalgia by visiting your old neighborhood right so very much so and um yeah. that's one of the great things of having google earth sometimes yes. i do go for a walk around my old net <laughs> my old neighborhood I do actually go for a walk right now. Yeah. But when you were telling me, now, this is a teaching moment, okay, my dearest darling Amelia. When you were telling <laughs> us, the rest of the world, uh, about your Christmas tree and the specific baubles, how did you feel? Oh, um, mixed emotions. You know, some are just, for me, the memories of people, the ones that I have there to symbolize the, the loved ones that I've lost and the what loved ones that I have. Yes. Um, bring happiness. They don't bring sorrow. Like I was starting to say, my dad loved cannoli. I actually found an ornament that's a cannoli. There you I go. I couldn't believe it. And I, I ordered it last year and then he was a builder. So I got the builder things. Like there's just, there's things like for me, when my brother passed away, time stood still. So I have an old fashioned, um, probably early 1900s styled cuckoo clock oh, hanging wow. that that is stop time stopped right. and that reminds me of how everything okay. just stood still for me because I lost him but there's beautiful things there's pictures of my my mom when just before coming here there yeah. I have photographs on my tree and little beautiful ornament frames and pictures of my daughter when she was little and it, it makes you feel so happy and it you you go you back go. again and relive it yes it's beautiful that's what i'm talking about the psychic yeah. the, the psychic shelf okay yes all those amazing amazing I memories create an amazing <laughs> energy so yeah. you've got all those magnificent memories now one thing that thing jumped into play there um while i was i, I found myself moving towards paul francis the psychic medium i was going no 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 pull back pull back <laughs> <laughs> and when you were talking about your dad and the cannoli, it, it was, it would be one of those moments that I would say your dad influenced that moment. Okay. It was the last moment that I had with him before he fell ill. It was literally a month before he passed away. So yeah, it's strong moment it's a, for a me. strong influence. And, yeah. and um, I don't know if I, I don't, I haven't had the opportunity to sit down and talk with you for such a long time, which I feel bad about. Oh, it's but okay. Everybody when, gets busy, right? Me too. On, on, I told the story about climbing on the airplane for the final time, sitting. By I the remember window, when he passed away. When he passed away, yeah. And I was flying back to the UK, and a lady sat beside me, and she reached into her mag, her little bag, and she pulled out a magazine, which was it. The magazine was called Athletics Weekly. Now, to the majority of the people on the planet, they'd be like, "Well," but to me, that was the cannoli. Because my dad was an athlete, and my dad yeah. sent me to the shop every Friday night. And that was your to pick sign. that magazine up. So your cannoli was that magazine for me. And the, the, the scary moment I've said again just before you came on, my dad wasn't he. He was like me. We didn't have any patience. 
So he wasn't <laughs> going to wait around on the other side. So he gets this woman to sit beside me. She pulls out a magazine that he sent me to, to get. You want to make sure it got to you. Yeah. And she turns out to be an athlete and she runs for a team called what? the Harriers, which happened to be my dad's team. Oh, so like, that's there is no such thing as coincidence, folks. None. Yeah. And then the third part of that whole trilogy, because he did it, he made it three. I flew back to the UK. Johanna picked me up. She goes, Oh my God, you look terrible. Listen, no argument here. Go to bed. And I went, You know what? You're not going to get any argument. I'm going to bed. So I went into the bedroom, I hopped up onto the bed, I flipped on the TV, uh, put on my favorite TV show, which was it's a, a TV show by Cars. And they said, ladies and gentlemen, we got a surprise for you this week. We're going to talk about the DeLorean. And that was my dad worked for DeLorean. Wow. Yeah. Three for three inside of 12 hours. Amazing. Now, so the moments that that, that all of the I'm, as I'm telling you that now I have that same mixed emotion about the cannoli. The cannoli brings a beautiful memory, but it also brings a little bit of a sting. It's bittersweet. Bittersweet. Yeah. Um, however, the concept that uh, it, it reminds me of the very last weekend I had with my dad it was just me and him, and he dropped away. He dropped off all of his um, standoffish, hard nosed businessman kind of a kind of a man yeah and he he and in his own words which i'll share with you some other time asked me if what i did was real and i told him all about how it works and apparently that was the moment from that moment forward his progression to crossing had got a lot easier oh, so the last gift i was able to give to him was how to progress that much more easier now um I'm I'm bringing that particular story up because I want to still go back to talk about the spirit of Christmas. Mm -hmm. Because um, I, as I was talking to the beautiful Michelle, um, and we are in total agreement that they say Halloween is the time of the year when the veil between the two worlds is at its thinnest. Well, I totally disagree with that. Me too. I actually believe that this time of the year is when it's at its thinnest because we are at our highest in energy. Okay. Now you know, I know you're one of the best mediums that I know. Yeah. No, um, and we raise our energy up. Well, at this yeah. time of the year, it's already up. Yes. So that we're flying right now. <laughs> yeah, that connection is so much easier. Yeah. That it's not just the psychic mediums of the world that are able to tap in. Yeah. Everybody can if they just take the moment. Yeah. You're you're but passionate. Moments again. Right? Yeah, yeah. Moments. <laughs> Um, you're passionate, right? You you think yeah. of loved ones that you've lost. You think of the new loved ones in your life and new mm. babies and new life. And oh, I love babies, but you know, like it's it's there's so much passion, there's so much joy, yes, and a lot of booze. Just saying, <laughs> I don't drink. I don't drink. But um, well, you know, funny that uh, um, Johanna doesn't drink. No, um, I, so I, I'll have a glass years, of wine once in a while, yes. but not. For the last 10 years, I'll have a bottle of beer or a glass of wine periodically. Yeah. But because she doesn't drink, I don't need to drink, so I don't. I don't it's, think I it's go a back good to idea. Is different That's different, one. but I don't think it's a good idea when you're a medium. Because if you can't control everything, you just don't know what's going to slip through. 
I it's, I would never ever. It's not a good idea. While it was working, yeah. I never I never allowed the two spirits to cross. No. <laughs> Although, being said, I'm, I'm sure you guys know of a, a dear friend of mine who's now no longer with us either, Derek Akora, um, and he was um, of Most Haunted. I'm sure you. Yes. Guys have, yes. Well, I sat in Derek's uh, kitchen, <laughs> shall we say, till about three thirty in the morning, and we were on a completely different spirit. But anyway, so yeah, in he, he, I always I said to him, I said, Derek, let the world see this Derek, not the one that's on Most Haunted. Let him that's see a this good one. Show. He was a wonderful guy, so full of stories. He was a storyteller, and so so happy. Remembering people is something I brought up a bit earlier as well. Um, one of the things that I'm sure you, you will come across as well, one of the things during my thousands and thousands of reads over the years, um, I heard so many times that they said, set the table, meaning at Christmas time, don't be thinking about it's gone. Set a place at the table for those we that we yeah. would have done on a normal basis. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's why I was kind of bringing in the discussion about with your, your dear dad on my dear dad because this year i will absolutely make it a point that we celebrate them mm -hmm. as well as our christmas you know mm -hmm. although it doesn't really look much like christmas right here but it's all in <laughs> i'm in my office i i actually if you can see highlighted i have that just i don't usually have lights in the back i like the whole dark spooky thing but um that were they're all gifts from my nephew they're world war one right items okay. and there's a rosary there from world war one ah. that a chaplain carried and there's also a shell casing from the battle of the bulge that is just i know it's not pearl harbor but that is just a a, a bit of a battle of the bulge was a big thing it was a big 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 thing yeah um, I, ha I also have um postcards that were written from women to their their husbands in um yeah while they were in the fields and that have passed away my nephew buys these things for me but um yeah their collection so that's just just to say that i'm thinking of all those who perished on Definitely. pearl harbor and and after that as well well there's a very famous song that celebrates that exact time and oddly enough that exact battle you're talking about mm -hmm. the you know what that song is no what song paul mccartney pipes of peace <gasps> oh i never connected that if you wow. think about his video, watch yeah. the video. Yeah. It's the video is based upon the Battle of the Bulge and the, the Pipes of Peace. It's that's what that song's all about. I have such a connection with Normandy, but anyways, this is not a downer show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm, I'm so glad to see that we've got a lot more people coming in. Uh, Lynn says you can have spirit when you um I'll just click on that because uh, Michelle taught me that. Yeah. Uh, there you go. You can have that spirit when you have a, a mad family like mine. Two sons that oh, still think they're children. All men. That's beautiful. Lynn, just you. That all men think that they're their children. I, I'm well, a big believer. They don't believer. think they are. <laughs> I knew it was coming. I, I grew up with three It brothers. was like That's I just put up a red saying. flag and go, here you go. My brothers I, I used to scare me putting together gifts because <laughs> there was always extra screws, and you know they're not supposed to be extra, right? So I know what well, it's I, like I to be in a house full of men. Well, well, you watch. Okay, I'm going to say something to you guys now, and all the ladies are either going to agree with me or not look out for what I've just said. 
I believe that men grow to the age of 19 and then our bodies just get older. So well, I, I totally believe that we grow to the age of 19. Our brain says we're 19. Our bodies go, no, you can't do that anymore. And our brain goes, <laughs> yeah, we can. <laughs> so, but that's that's a constant concept that I, I totally agree with. And you started laughing. So that over you're going, oh, yeah, that makes I sense. I think it's important to stay childlike. I think that not all the time, but most of the time, I think that's what keeps you um, thriving and it keeps you living fully. Where if you're always serious and heart. always responsible, it's kind of boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I've noticed that, oh, my God, I've noticed that I do things and I go, oh, my God, that's my dad coming out of me. Right. You know? Or even my oh. mom, you know, I'll yeah. do things that, my, that I'll, I'll go, oh, you just sound. Patty, my brother, he said, oh, my God, you sound just like mom. And I'm like, oh, dear. Oh, no. Uh, well, it's it's kind of thing is like, you know, pick up this coat or do this. And I think, oh, my God, you sound just like your dad. <laughs> things, things as we get older, the things that, you know, well, anyway, it's the, the concept of Christmas that, that keeps us young. And it's the whole concept of the idea of, of gifts. Now, you've been very forthcoming in, in, in you know, what it means to you. And, and thank you for being so forthcoming because oh that's gosh, quite a tough yeah. thing, have, especially I with love being here. And bless your heart for being on here tonight. It's it's helped beyond words. Um, oh. And Eddie, I'm I'm so glad that you, and Michelle, and Joe are here, and and Lynn and I, um, Elaine, and of course Roger. And Roger is uh, the Mexican uh, with the Latino psychic visions. He's a lovely, lovely child. Love it. Love the name. Um, Latino psychic visions. I love it. I have a little Latino in me. Just saying, my great grandmother was from Spain. Oh, oh. So, well, there you go. Yeah, I got that. Look out two, for Roger two drops. Um, I've, I've, I kind of like. Um, I will say those people are so clever. They can speak English and Mexican. I struggle with English. So Spanish. <laughs> Spanish, not Mex Mexican. Spanish, Mexican. <laughs> yes. Mexican, yeah. The third most. Um, spoken language in the world french being the second <clears throat> so um now i guess throw me completely off my strain of thought i was going there Sorry. completely gone um oh yeah back to the the reasons why we we have that that spirit of christmas now it's amazing how a lot of people a lot of places and a lot of things focus in on the shall we say the quantity of christmas um, how many mm. gifts you got on the tree, how, what kind of gifts you're buying, how expensive they are, blah, 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 blah. Um, I want to put a big capital B and big capital S right there and leave it at that because if you look at one of the greatest stories of all time, which is uh, for modern-day people, um, know it, we know it as Scrooge, okay? Mm. Um, if you look at that particular concept, for all of the, the Christian faiths, that really look negatively towards ghosts and spirits. That entire story is based on spirits. Oh, Christmas Carol is my favorite film, though. I have to watch it every Christmas Eve. Yeah. And I'm, my favorite version of that is Jim Carrey's version. Mm, of course. Yes. <laughs> You've got the ghost of Christmas past, which is what we're discussing tonight. I mean, mm. they look at it from a different concept. We look at it from our joy perspective. Okay. I don't remember a single year 
and I'm very, very honest about this. I don't remember a single year that I go, oh, how come I didn't get this? Or how come I didn't get that? I may have asked Santa for specific things and that particular thing didn't turn up. But the gifts that did turn up, we were very, very grateful for. Um, yeah. yeah. Go ahead. No, I never asked Santa for anything. <laughs> didn't you? <laughs> to be honest with you. No. Um, you must have been an extremely good girl because you no, still got everything. <laughs> my daughter is like me. She doesn't ask for anything. I always have to say, Savvy, do you want that? Do you want, you know, but now she's 25 and she she has more money than I do. But I mean, <laughs> she, you know, she can buy her own things and stuff like that. And I, I still try to surprise her. Of course, she's, I only have one child. It's different for me. I can spoil yeah. her. But she was like me as a child that didn't ask. You had to ask them. Like, I would be afraid yeah. to say something. My brother probably would have backhanded me. She's like old school Italian, right? Um, of course. She had me in her 40s. It's a different kind of life. Uh, but, yeah, I was. I didn't. I didn't even visit Santa until when we went with school. And it. I remember it being the first time because it wasn't something we did. I came from very, you know, poor immigrants that had to struggle for everything that they got and work really hard okay. for it. So it was a different life for me. I wish I had that life, you know, that, that I gave my daughter where we're always visiting Santa. Did you get to visit Santa? Oh God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, see, I didn't. The, I mean, that was, that, that was something that my parents, you know, they, they, I think my dad had the same energy that I have about Christmas. You know, his, I think he revisited his childhood and he grew up on a farm where you know there was no electricity the the, the yeah. outhouse was outside my mom too yeah yeah so but then again they must have had some amazing christmases i don't remember them telling me a lot about it to be truthful but they did make ours special they yeah, made I, our, I have... ours and there was five of us wow yeah there was four of us my sister passed away before i was born um i had stockings and i had beautiful christmases but my mother would yeah. say Italians don't visit Santa and she would talk about the Bafana. That's what came, you know, it's a culture right, thing, yeah, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. But yeah. all I wanted was Santa yeah. and chocolate cake. As <laughs> 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 I was about so to say, you still do today. Stuff, but um, <laughs> the, um, I mean, the, I suppose the concept of La Bafana was for us was if you don't go to bed, you will not get. And it would, and, but my mom yes. was, was somebody you didn't cross. You know, she said that she didn't say it to just use up air. It was mm -hmm. like, you won't. No, okay? So we went boom to bed. But um, the energy that we don't realize we're creating, we don't realize it because we're not, when you're a child, you have one thing in mind is how many gifts and where are they? Okay. But when you're an adult and you start to understand what Christmas really is all about, you realize that every single time you were building up a, a vault of energy or you're building up a, a, a beautiful sort of my psychic shelf, you know, lovely big jars of energy that is, is there for you to tap into. Tonight, I'm hoping that we're talking to everybody tonight and they're, they're literally tapping into it in their minds by saying, do you know what? I remember when I used to do this and I remember when that happened and I remember when we did this. Oh yes. And you know, I do the same thing as Amelia. I do that with my tray and I have this specific gift that, that I, that represents mom, dad, brother, sister, aunt, uncle, cousin, blah, blah, blah. Um, now while they're going through that mental journey in here and in here, 
that energy is being recreated and reinvigorated into hopefully that they will bring forward through the rest of this Christmas. I love everything everything you've shared tonight, says Eileen. Eileen, sorry. I have learned new things and I'm excited to be able to share them with my family and friends. Hey, you couldn't have said a nicer thing to us. Oh, tonight. you should read it for those that aren't watching, just listening. Read her. Um, yeah. Sorry. So, we're just this is Paul's first night. <laughs> Yes, my very first night. So yes. obviously I'm still getting into the concept that we've got a lot of people listening to us tonight. So Eileen has said, I love everything you've shared tonight and I've learned new things. I'm excited just to be able to share time and family with my friends. Thank you very, very, very much. Because you know what? That's made my night. That one thing has made my night. Really, thank you for saying that. It's not what's under the tree. It's who is around it that counts as Lynn. Do you know what? Perfect. Perfect. It is who's around it. Now, how many people have it in them to stand around and sing around a tree or around a piano? Do you do that? Well, I used to sing, not just you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, if you're going to do something, my voice is going to belt out. Yeah, I will do it. At Christmas carols, I think no one can sing a Christmas carol poorly. I find that everyone's a star when they sing Christmas carols and you're tapping into that spirit again. There we go. What's yeah. your favorite? Come on, share. What's your favorite? Oh, Silent Night. I love. And of course, ah, where did that come from? Where did that Silent come from? Silent Night. When yeah. I was in school, in primary school, we call in Canada, we have the same uh, labels for our education as, as the yes. UK. When I was in primary school, we used to every morning, this was before Christmas became taboo in public school system, just saying, go down to the gymnasium, the whole school, and we would sing a half hour of carols before beginning our day. Oh, perfect. So that's what I remember it from. And, you know. Well, it, what I was asking you was, where did the song or the carol Silent Night? It's actually, its original name was Steel. No. Oh, I'm sorry. You meant like practically. Yeah. <laughs> because I tell you what, sorry. you're you're so close to it. It's just right over your right shoulder. That's right. Stilich Nacht, the yes. silent night. Yes, and, and I like Autonombom. Oh, oh well, there you go. It's the only <laughs> song I can play on the piano, but yeah. <laughs> what were those fingernails of yours? Oh, my goodness. oh, you'd be surprised. Yeah, I don't tick tick anymore, but yeah, my daughter played. So, but yeah, that's one. I have a um, music book for the piano, like yeah. all the songs, all the carols, and I love them. It's a beautiful thing to do. It's, it's when we used to um, and we're going back again to my uh, Roger by the way is a professional guitarist and he, he's played oh, with wow. a lot of big names uh, and I mean really big names mm -hmm. um, but back in the days when I used to perform and we'd be on stage we would try and in in normal everyday songs okay we would try and get in as many carols as possible in the song so we were mm. singing Mustang Sally oh, I, love uh, that. I would break into the middle of in the middle of it I'd break into Jingle Bells mm-hmm you know, oh, try and get you know. Jerry so, Mustang Sally. Yeah, wow. you know. So when did just you do when that? You were playing and, and you know, I just break into jingle bells. The lads be looking at me, going, "What are you doing?" And you know, I just go with Where me, go would with you me. Put jingle but, bells in Mustang Sally, Paul. <laughs> I just, I was, I, I was able to. Brilliant. I was just able to get the tonality and get the the key and then wow. pull another song into it. That's and, because you're and, so creative. Oh well, yeah. I, I, that's uh, one side that mom. And he's talented. Me. He's got a beautiful voice. Um, I, I I haven't sang for, I, I've I've done a lot of recordings over the last two years, but um, my career on stage has come to a grinding halt. Oh so. well, you know, with everything happening, but um, mm -hmm. 
I haven't sang in years and years. Like I really literally would have to start from scratch, but we know what we do. Can yeah. I share? Yeah. Um, when, <laughs> when I was younger and we used to have like these big Christmases, we used to do the 12 days of Christmas, but we would change yeah. what they were to Italian funny things. Right. <laughs> like stupid things. Like we would say instead of five golden rings, I remember this with my husband, we'd sang five artichokes, but in Italian, because yeah. <laughs> it was, it's a hard thing to say in Italian. It's carciofoli. So it's like you try singing that and then going fast right? Four, blah, 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 three. And we would have to remember, and we would go around the table and the cousins would give something yeah, one at a time. So we could do the 12 at the time. This was before anyone was married and oh, it was so much fun. You know, you think about those times and everybody that sat wow. at the table and how many are gone, but we got, we were so fortunate to have that. And right now I'm just so happy talking about it, but it's a fun thing. You should try but it with look, your kids. Look, Change look. Change look the what items. you just done. Look what yeah. you've done, and you do it every what time. Do? You have just brought the spirit of Christmas in. Oh yeah, you've, uh. you've done it. You've done it. What we what the entire show was about the spirit of Christmas and the Christmas spirit. I mean, you know, you what when you were talking about that, it brought me back to when I was at my grandparents because all you know, my mom and dad because my dad's parents and all of his brothers and sisters, and they would all arrive at my grandparents, and that's what we. Oh, they would do they would do beautiful. fun things like that and and it was all well the irish are very like the italians it's all about food it, you know so <laughs> it's it and my grandparents didn't drink alcohol so the alcohol wasn't a big flowing thing but it was all about food it was all about having fun and singing and, and chatting and the crackling of the fire and the christmas tree and oh my god yes. i'm bursting with energy now mm, and chestnuts yes <laughs> do you know, a big thing that we didn't have a lot of yeah, well, the chestnut trees are all over Italy's backyard. It's like everybody has a chestnut right. tree there. It's like an apple tree here. So, Olives. yeah. <laughs> um, just so I, was, I was thinking about you again because uh, around sort of, it was July, August time, Johanna and I were looking at maybe getting a house in Italy. We were really look. We started looking. I mean, yeah. we were talking to, um, what do you guys call them, real estate brokers with the Italian version uh, by um it's not often yeah, real estate brokers real estate, the <laughs> real estate brokers, brokers. The uh, one hands. of my favorite Italian. italians is gino de campo do you know gino de campo oh look up gino de campo you'll love him what how are you teaching me schooling me on italians <laughs> he's an italian chef he's a very very oh, well-known italian is he the chef. Arte di Cuoco? is he that one i don't think so he's he's very he's always oh, just a character yeah. he's so funny and uh he's there's a there's a brilliant show with Gino De Campo, Gordon. Um, oh, I know who he is. Yes, little. As soon as you told me, yes, he's hilarious. I do oh, watch them together. How they're funny together. And, and, Their and, trip in Vegas was hilarious. Oh, just mind blowing. Yes. And that sandwich it would cost ten grand or something, something stupid like that. A burger. Oh, <laughs> God, for a sandwich, get a life. Rogers just shared with us. Um, Oh, well, Lynn has just shared a big, big thing. It's, it's a big thing in the UK, not necessarily around the world, but um, Panto. Is, is a pan Do you guys have What's Pantos? Panto? Well, Panto is, is, is like a play, Hi, but it's designed purely for Christmas time. Oh, okay. okay. So, uh, I mean, they have very, very specific characters in, in Panto. Um, you know, they'll do Pantos on Jack and the Beanstalk and, and so various things. it's like things Christmas like concerts. It's a, it's a very... Yes. What's the right way to... It's a very Mickey take 
of it. Yeah. But it's a very good Christmassy thing. Yeah, so, I understand it. I think I watched it in one of the movies with Amelia Clark. Um, very last, likely. The Last Christmas. Yes. It's in the film. Yes, it is. And that, that, that's right. Oh, we've just been told five minutes? I can't yes. believe two hours. Yes, yes. You're, you're down before, to the end. Oh, my goodness. I better get Rogers. Um, and jo Rogers says, I try to bring back what my parents did for me into my children's lives, making yes. it magical, special, and beautiful. Yes. Uh, do you know I what? There are Roger. no better words. No. Roger, thank you for that. And his beautiful wife, Faye, who spent oh, a lot in Scotland. Name. Faye, yeah, beautiful Faye. And and um, I, I always talk with Roger and Faye. They're, they're just two phenomenal people. Um, ladies and gentlemen of the world, if you're listening to my voice tonight and, and the beautiful Amelia's voice, or if you're actually watching this, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being the first show and making it so very, very memorable um having me amelia on has just been literally the angel at the top of the tree oh i'll send you the bill <laughs> <laughs> no my pleasure um, my honor to be here it's um, wonderful thank you i'm truly honored uh no please um you didn't have to do this but you've done it and you know what an hour has just gone like that that's why we used to have a three-hour show <laughs> it's true isn't it it just and, and we, we, you were like, you would say to me, Paul, 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 you need to wind up this read. We're nearly done. We can't be done. Oh my God, is that the time? And They're I'd like be going to bed. Cut off our airstream. <laughs> Literally, I'd be going to bed while the sun was coming up. Yes. And uh, it was, I was good times. Again, energy of the past on my psychic shelf. You all have a psychic shelf. You've, it's all there. Just use your memories to connect into it. Use your love. Use your strength, and use your your memories that are current. To be able to tap into that second shelf, and you know what? Look around you. You have beautiful people. I have a beautiful person sitting right in front of me right now, and that's all available. Just look for it. It's there. Okay. Don't wait till it's too late. Make it happen now. Okay. We have minutes left, and and I don't even know how many of those we have, but yeah, uh, no. I'm watching for it to cut off. <laughs> but to. <laughs> my darling, Amelia. I can't wait till the next time that we sit again in front of each other. My darling Anytime. Michelle, Joe, thank you all so very, very much for making this an amazing, very special broadcast. And I look forward to seeing you all next week. Don't forget, you got these wonderful guys and their shows. Look out for them. Make sure you're a part of them because they're amazing people with amazing things to teach you. Thank you very much. Good night and have a fantastic Christmas. I'll see you all very soon. God bless. Good night.